Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke. Welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Lee Carraher. She's the CEO of Double Forte, and she's an acclaimed communication strategist known for her practical solutions to big problems. She started Double Forte as a new kind of communications firm designed to work with good people, doing good work for good companies by providing the best results and service in the business. She's recently published her first book, which is Millennials in Management, The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work, based on her own work building a successful intergenerational workplace, as well as the insight from more than 250 managers, leaders, and employers of all ages in different industries across the country. She's very active in the San Francisco Bay Area community, including serving on the boards of KQED Public Media and San Francisco's Grace Cathedral in key leadership positions. Lee's also a member of Entrepreneurs Only, and she holds a BA from Carleton College in Medieval History, which she finds useful every day. Welcome, Lee. Thank you, Linda. So nice to be with you. Oh, great. Well, it's so good to have you here. So you've written this book about millennials and management, and wow, for those of us who aren't millennials, we're sitting here scratching our heads saying, can we make it work? And you said, yes, you can. So what do you think are some of the biggest myths sorry, that boomers have about millennials? I think that boomers, you know, there's a lot of negative um, myths about millennials. And if you Googled it today, um, you'd find over a million and a half of them actually, uh, just in a really easy Google search. So obviously it's a big topic. Um, and most of those are from boomers or late Gen Xers. Um, and really the, the myths sort of break down into um, a, a lot of different things. One, the first myth is that millennials are entitled um, that they're a me generation, that they expect rewards and promotions just for showing up, that they don't work hard, um, that they're casual and disrespectful, that they're job hoppers. And those are really the, the top you know, five or six of the myths um, that are just pervasive um, throughout all sort of all everything you see online or what happens in this conversation at your cocktail party. I mean, it's over and over and over again. It's what we hear. So why do you think millennials book, get this bad rap? They get a bad rap. Um, and I think they get a bad rap for a lot of reasons. Um, first, I think the there's a lot of boomers who are really disappointed in where they are in their lives. Ah. They thought they would have been um, retired by now. I'm a boomer. I'm the last year boomer. Um, and I did have this notion that I'd be retired by now, and that is so <laughs> far from the truth. Um, but so many boomers were ready to almost exit the job market um, entirely in 2008, um, and you know they lost 50, 50, 40, 60% of their um, net worth, and they found that they couldn't retire, just as the entire economy was just shrinking. So um, a lot of the, a lot of the reasons that they have these bad bad connotations for millennials are about what they themselves wanted, and the other piece of the pie there is that they, you know, millennials, which today are between 15 years old and 35 years old, are have been brought up in an entirely different way than we were brought up, um, and there has been really no acknowledgement of that from 
and all those things, and a lot of it is technology-based, um, what those things um, have brought as advantages to the millennials, and then what are the you know implications of that. So it's just a lot of misunderstanding, um, I think, about you know sort of origin and why people think the way they do and why don't they think like I do. Um, but they do, I mean, to, to give a generalization, there's just so much uh, boomer and Gen X talk, negative talk about millennials, that, you know, if you read it from outer space, you'd be like, this has never happened before in ever <laughs> in the evolution of humankind, of course, because it just feels so big. But, of course, we know that intergenerational conflict is as old as Adam and Eve. And, you know, in my book, I quote Socrates, which, of course, is 400 years before Christ. So this is nothing new. It's just we're living with it today. Do you think there's more conflict between, say, boomers and millennials than there was because before with the prior generation, you know, the, the um, that great generation, World War you know, two folks, and the, you know, the generation before? Do you think it, it's worse in this kind of iteration no. than it was maybe a generation ago? I don't think it's worse. I think it's different, and, and a few things on that. So this is the first time in history where we've had four generations working together in the workplace. So we have millennials, Gen Xers who are 36 to 50 years old, boomers who are 51 to about 68 years old, and silence, um, depending on how you count them, either 65 or 68 to 79 or 80, something like that. And the workplace has, all over the country, the workplace has all four generations in it. My workplace has three generations in it, right? Um, and most workplaces have at least three generations in them and sometimes have four. And this is the first time this has ever happened. So, and there are generational norms um, among the different groups. Um, the, so each group has its own conflict among each other. And because we have three or four generations together at the same time, we just have a lot more complexity in that, um, in that conflict and in that misunderstanding. So I don't think it's any bigger. I just think it's more complex. That's than it true. was before, because, you know, if you think about, you know, Bye Bye Birdie, I mean, all these things that um, were classics when we were growing up, it's all about intergenerational conflict. Sure. It's really between two groups instead of four, you know, so it's a little more complex today. That's true. So, so we hear about all the things that are wrong with millennials, but there's got to be some great things that they bring to the party, too. So what are the, the great reasons that you should be having millennials in your workplace and what are they bringing to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing, if you have a business without millennials, you don't have a business with a future, period, right? Um, because the oldest millennial will be 40 years old in five years. Wow. Um, and if you just think about that and where you were yourself at 40 years old, and oh, my goodness, like, I didn't even start my company. I mean, I was not 40 when I started my company. So that's sort of this big milestone in people's professional lives. So if you don't have millennials in your business, you don't have a future in your business. And um, that's number one. So we have to sort of get over ourselves on why they're so different. They bring so much to the party that just looks a little different, right? They bring um, – they're digitally native. They grew mm-hmm. up with technology. They understand technology because it's been – they've been hardwired from – and the younger you are, the more hardwired you are in this generation, really. Um, and And they – to see different imaginations, right? They see possibility, um, number one. Number two is that, you know, in general, uh, millennials want to make a difference. They want to make a change. 
and they see possibility. Um, and they really don't want to wait for it, and that's really where the rub comes in, mm-hmm. right? I think every you know, human beings in general like to make something better, but they, you know, other the boomers are really recalled the you know wait my turn generation. So many boomers, they just had to you knew, and we when we came into the workplace, we just knew we had to wait our turn to move up the chain. Well, millennials have been brought up in a very flat world; they've been one click away from any you know, CEO in the world they want, any tweet, a tweet away from changing JetBlue's strategy for how they sit on a tarmac, um, a click away from any information they think they want, right? And there's not this notion of having to wait or not having access. Um, um, At the same, so that is frustrating for boomers, but it's so powerful for it's also powerful, right? If you have a group that doesn't think they have any boundary, wow, if you can just tap into that optimism and that capacity to um, to imagine, you know, that's what we need to be doing. Like, what do you imagine that could be? Oh, my gosh, what could you do kind of stuff as opposed to um, you're not doing that right kind of thing. Or we don't do it that way. Well, <laughs> maybe we need to, you know. So- we have a lot of we don't do it that way. We've never done it before on the part of boomers and, and, and older folks. And you've got this new generation coming in and saying, here's all these great ways we can do it. So, yeah, uh, yeah so it's kind of a, this, this natural conflict. But you don't talk a lot about – I'm sorry? It's very conflicted, particularly in the technology area. Yes. I mean, if you think some, like a lot of people are getting out of college never having used Word in college, never having used Outlook only using Google Google Docs that are all collaborative, and they don't know how to use, truly do not understand the process of getting to a draft and then moving it serially along versus being in the, in the cloud with everybody commenting at the same time. So sometimes you have to sort of retroactively teach the technology mm-hmm. because they've never had it. So you're teaching Outlook to people who are like, well, I'd rather use Gmail, a Gmail-based email because I can do all these other things with it. Um, but that's just the reality, right? That's just where we are. Right. So how much do you think the the whole cloud is really impacting the way millennials think and, and behave as well? I think um, tremendously. I mean, I think there's a lot of things going on there. Um, I think the first technology, first technology that really changes uh, sense of time really was the DVR, the TiVo, my favorite <laughs> thing. You know, we could watch the television wherever we want. Yeah. Um, and people who – or adults who bought TiVos when they first came out, you know, understood it was just about television and you could time shift television. Well, um, people who, younger people don't understand you can't time shift everything, right? Why can't I just time shift everything? I'll do that later. I should actually do right this second. No, I can do it later. No, you really can't, you know. <laughs> so this time shifting um, of medium um, is challenging when you're particularly when you're young, my my son actually holds out his thumb as if he's pressing the pause button and looks at me when I'm talking. I'm like, oh, pause, mom. I'm gonna, you know, I need to go somewhere. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> so, yeah, how does so that work for the, him? Probably not too know, well. Yeah, <laughs> not too well. But it's not. You can imagine that. Of course, he thinks that, right? Yep. Can you pause the radio? Well, actually, extra that doesn't extraterrestrial radio doesn't pause. Sorry. Right. You know, so this pausing but Pandora and does, so yeah. Right, but Pandora does, right. So um, sort of not having the same ability, the technical ability, having, not having the technical ability 
to do everything the same with um, different medium mm -hmm. is something that is, I think, creates challenge. Um, in terms of, that was the first technology that really had an impact, I think, on, on people in the workplace around deadlines, it's really around deadlines. In terms of cloud, um, I think the cloud, particularly around Google Docs and other uh, collaborative workspaces that people are using in high school and elementary school and college right now, I mean, they're much more advanced than a lot of workplaces because we're um, a lot of workplaces. If you're if you're in a uh, legacy business, you have a legacy technology. It's very challenging to upgrade to new things unless you're in a startup environment, which we are here in San Francisco. But the most of the world does not work this way, right? Right. So um, <clears throat> the you know uh, you know and the idea that you can be with anybody at any level at any time. So a president, a junior person, a middle person, a manager could all be in the same document at the same time. Um, and that's how they've grown up. That's not reality in the business world, right? Right. There is, there is a hierarchy um, in the business world that says, um, and depends on the business, but says, you know, one level gives it to another level, gives it to another level. It's very inefficient from their point of view, right? Very inefficient. Right. But um, at the same time, there's a formality there that um, doesn't exist for this generation. So there's a lot of misunderstanding on that, right? I don't think that um, people mean to be rude. It just looks rude because they haven't ever had to do things that way before. Interesting. Interesting. So a lot of this is misperceptions as opposed to yeah. people coming in and, and actually saying, I'm going to do it this way. I don't care whether you like it or not. It's it's more a matter of where they're coming from. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I always say to millennials, I'm like, I know you want to change the world. Just don't tell me you're going to do that the day one, number one. Just don't say day one, <laughs> I'm going to change everything. And then the next thing I want you to do is why don't you do it their way first and then improve on their way. Because that way, if you know, if I ask you to do something, if you do it my way, um, you, I'm going to know that you know how to do my steps and cross all the T's and dot all the I's and see all the dependencies that are required, right? Right. Um, and then I'm going to ask you, I ask my staff all the time, like, please improve my way. They know there's a way to improve it. Please, once you understand the dependencies, do it my way once and then come back and tell me how we can do something better. Um, and so if I can ingrain that into, you know, managers to say your your way probably can be improved one way, right, to accept input. And then the, on the millennials, just do it their way once, just so you they know you know, and then right. improve it. I think that, you know, that sort of mentality gets a, a lot, uh, gets rid of a lot of friction in the workplace. Got it. Got it. So I've got a question for you. You talk a lot about millennials, obviously. The book is about millennials, which are 15 mm -hmm. to 35 you talk about boomers, which is like 50 to 64. What about that group in between, Gen X? You don't spend a lot of time talking about them in the book. Why is that? Yeah. I don't talk a lot about Gen X. I sort of roll them into managers. Okay. Um, but uh, number one, but there is actually a, re uh, there's, there's actually a, a number reason. So uh, millennials, uh, largest generation right now in our culture, about 80 million people. Boomers, second largest generation right now in our culture, about 78 million people. Gen X, smallest generation, less than 50 million people. So actually around between, depends how you count, but 45 million people. So huge 
they're basically sandwiched like a very thin layer of peanut butter between really big bread of millennials and boomers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, and in many ways, they've been screwed, frankly, by the economies in the last really 15 years. So in the dot-com bubble on the coasts, right, that's when they were coming into the workplace. They were the young'uns. Um, and then the, it burst. And then 9-11 happened and the economy contracted. Um, and, all, you know, that happened, right? And then uh, 2008 happens. And all of these boomers think they're about to retire. I mean, millions of boomers think they're about to retire within the oops. next one, you know, one month <laughs> to two years. Yep. And oops, I can't retire. You know, if they got to keep their jobs, they, they were, were hanging yeah. on to those jobs, right? So um, I talked to many boomers when I was interviewing for my book who truly they were, you know, 61, 62. I'm about to retire, 60, you know, in 2008. And they just retired last year when I was finishing my book off because they had lost 40%. So they held on to their jobs as long as they can. And all that means is compression, right? Right. At the, at the same time, there's nowhere to go in the entire economy, right? Um, between 2000, end of 2008 and 2012, basically, right? There's really no movement, particularly at the upper level, because there's just no jobs. Right. So the boomers hung on to their jobs, have been hanging on to their jobs, the older boomers, much longer than they thought, compressing the opportunity for Gen Xers. This happens at the same time as millions of, literally, millions of millennials are entering the workforce in the last um you know, in the last six years, um, with uh, more millennials have degrees by percentage and, and therefore by sheer number than Gen Xers. So they're more technically more qualified people in the millennial generation than there are in the Gen Xer um, um, generation. Right. And but there are and they're cheaper. <laughs> they're pretty cheap. Um, they're, you know, they're inexpensive um, as opposed to their older colleagues who, a Gen Xer at the time, you know, they starting families, have children, have a right. home. Um, and, you know, millennials getting out of college and really this group that today is between 22 and 28 years old, um, you know, they graduated with a lot more student debt than they thought. About 29% of this group of employed millennials live at home still. Wow. With their parents, which means, and and it's anecdotal, but probably 80% of those people don't pay rent at home. Right. Um, so Gen X, you know, boomers weren't leaving. Millennials are flooding it, being cheaper, and um, and the economy stalled all at the same time. So they really have been squeezed by all these different forces. And if you live on the coasts, you know, really, you know, East Coast, West Coast. They've been squeezed twice because in the in the dot com boom that really didn't affect the middle of the country but definitely affected the sides. Um, they got squeezed again, right? right. Um, now the numbers say that because there are fewer of them, there should be more opportunity. And if the economy had just kept sailing along um, in 2008, maybe that would be true. But that's not what happened. So um, and in fact, we'll keep not happening. I mean, there are more and more boomers who think, and I'm searching for the number for you now, 33% um, uh, of boomers think they're going to work past 65. And that yep. is up, that's up 20% just in the last two years. Wow. 
so, you know, if they, if they were in a large organization just waiting their turn to move up the chain, well, that's going to be harder and harder. Right. Wow. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, right? This is a lot, a of, lot stuff. of stuff going on. So we yeah. can, we could talk about this for hours. It's so fascinating. But I want to ask you one more question. You just said boomers sure. are working longer than planned. Thirty three percent, a third of them, are planning to work past sixty five, probably yep. because sixty five isn't so old anymore, right? It's it's not right. retire and sit at home and and wait to die. What did be boomers need to do to stay relevant in this game with with yep. this this kind of slice of Gen Xers, but these big wave of millennials coming in. Do you have some advice for us boomers out there? I think the most important thing for boomers to stay relevant in a really hot job market where there's a lot of other, you know, you can bring it down and bring the, bring your wage down by hiring younger people is to be known for working well with millennials, to really embrace the fact that this group of millennials um, you can learn from and they can learn from you and you are valuable to them as they are to you. Um, and the more relevant you can stay, the more relevant you can be, the more job opportunity you will have as you age. Um, the great news for boomers is that millennials, the number one request for a millennial going into the workforce is they want a mentor. They want someone to learn from. And if you can be that mentor who helps millennials, you know, launch their lives, launch their professional lives, launch their careers, and at the same time learn something from them, you know, and stay agile, stay current, you're just going to be more marketable as time goes on. Um, it's those people who are like, you know, sort of stuck in, well, I was a vice president, and I always need to be a vice president, here's my salary, I need to maintain my salary. These people who are stuck or, you know, refuse to sort of change with the, what's going on, you know, they're just going to find themselves less and less marketable and less and less, you know, uh, able to make whatever money they need to make. I mean, I think what you said, you know, they're 60, 65 is not so young, any, not so old anymore is true, but it doesn't mean that we don't need a lot more money than we thought we were going to need. Yeah, to actually we're living have a lot longer, all of us. We're living a Absolutely. lot longer. Healthcare, no matter what, is just very expensive, and a lot of people are living longer lives, but, you know, the last part of their lives are sort of cr with chronic illness that just is very expensive. Absolutely. Um, so how do you, you know, and how do you, how do you prepare for those things? Very challenging, very challenging. Well, this is so fascinating, and like I said, we can talk about it for hours because there's just so many details here, and I think your point about there has never been four generations in the workplace is, is absolutely true, and, and maybe that oldest generation is going to go off and into the into the distance, but boomers aren't going anywhere soon. So it's it's definitely a dynamic that we're going to have for a while. Um, fascinating. I've been here talking with Lee Carraher. She's the CEO and founder of Double Forte, and she's also the author of Millennials and Management: The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work. Now, Lee, if people wanted to find out more about you and the book, where would they go? You would go to www.leecarraher.com. Okay, fantastic. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Linda. So great to talk with you. Great. Fantastic having you here. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.